This CKNW podcast for AIM Medical Imaging, home of AIM Medical Imaging full body MRI scanning. A family history of medical issues is nothing to ignore. Book a preventative screening at aimmedicalimaging.com. You're online with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here in studio today with Andy Brar. We've got a super interesting show for you this morning. You'll want to stay tuned for all the uh, different segments. Uh, we'll be talking with the folks over at Rogers about their new SureTap app. Uh, an app that uh, promises to actually help replace a lot of the cards you're carrying around in your existing wallet, everything from credit cards to uh, gift cards and loyalty cards uh, as well. Uh, I guess a sure sign of the future. I always know when I have to buy a new pair of jeans when you could actually see my wallet, the, the, the embeddedment of my wallet <laughs> in my back pocket because it just keeps getting thicker and thicker. Yeah. Something like this. All the you cards. Know, we have the technology. I was just been waiting for this day where someone would actually integrate those loyalty cards and credit cards into our smartphones. So any, anyway, Rogers has got a really cool app that works with uh, some of their smartphones. So we'll see how that uh, all gets put together. I'm kind mm-hmm. of excited about yeah, it. Yeah, me too. We're also going to be talking about Canada's... Uh, New Digital Privacy Act. You will want to stay tuned for this. We have Jillian Shaw coming on the uh, on the line in a, a little bit uh, from the Vancouver Sun to uh, tell us what we should be concerned about. Yeah, she wrote a great article uh, in the Vancouver Sun the other day to talk about the Digital Privacy Act and a lot of things that we probably wouldn't know. So we'll be talking to her to find out the lowdown on, on that. We'll also be talking a little bit about the Heartbleed Bug. I know we keep hearing about this in the news and how it's awful and... All our information is compromised. Well, we've got uh, the latest update uh, on that and uh, all you need to know on how to keep your computers and smartphones and information secure as well. So super important you stay tuned for that. Lots of uh, cool stuff in the the tech news, Andy. Facebook going to take on PayPal? Yeah, it looks like Facebook wants to uh, get into the money services business, uh, especially in Europe. So they're, they're basically planning to roll this out into the Europe and then maybe later expand into the United States. Uh, this is going to put a lot of pressure on the other money transferring services right now, especially PayPal, Western Union, and MoneyGram. Someone like Facebook getting into this market, you know, you're going to get concerned to see if they're going to take your business. But... At the other end of the spectrum, a lot of people are wondering if Facebook can even do this because you have to have a lot of trust if you're going to start exchanging money around. And that's the one thing that a lot of people argue that Facebook doesn't have is enough trust when you compare it to something like PayPal if they could actually make something like this a success. Well, PayPal is such a juggernaut now. I think they have over 140 million users worldwide. Yeah. Uh, so they're, they're a trusted name when it comes to, to money and e-transfers online. You know, does Facebook uh, garner that same trust? Well, that was one of the trust was one of the big issues they had when they acquired WhatsApp. A lot of people just, for some reason, don't trust Facebook. But we have seen Facebook try to really move into the mobile stage. They want to be considered as a mobile com- company, even though they started on traditional desktop computers. Uh, so what we'll see is they're going to try to move that. We saw that the the other week, Mike, when they started to uh, split their messenger app away from Facebook. And part of that reason was to, to make them considered a mobile-style company that's all about communication. But then they also want to put uh, money transferring on top of that. It remains to be seen. They have licenses to do this in the, in the United States, but they're going to actually try to get this through Europe first before rolling it out into the U.S. So, I mean, are they going head-to-head with PayPal or more like the Western unions and stuff like that? Well, both, both PayPal, not just PayPal and Western Union MoneyGram, but also Amazon does some money transferring services. And we can't forget the other big 
uh, monkey in the closet, Google, which is also trying to get into that space as well. The monkey well. in the closet? That's all I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, uh, we'll keep up on that and uh, make sure to uh, update you as we uh, learn more about it. Uh, we heard, uh, you know, about the heartbleed bug. Uh, we're going to be hearing uh, more uh, about that uh, coming up uh, a little bit later. But uh, the RCMP have actually got a suspect in the uh, the Canada Revenue online theft. Yeah, so we know that the the CRA did shut the websites down as a precautionary measure uh, to update their service before because of the heartbeat plug. What we learn now is that some of the uh, some data, some SIM numbers were taken, and for a long time we didn't know. Who took it and how they took it, but the RCMP do have a suspect. It's actually a 19-year-old from London, Ontario, believe it or not, Mike, that uh, is the prime suspect for taking these SIM, SIM cards from the CRA. The big question right now, did he get it before? Did he know about this bug and get it before? Or was it when Heartbleed came into the news? Because a lot of hackers, as soon as they heard about that, jumped into they websites. Were it, yeah. They were on it. They were on it. Was a, it was a race, basically, see, can they get in before the patches come up? BlackBerry in the news as well. Uh, looks like they're going to be pushing into healthcare. Yeah, John Chen, the the new CEO of BlackBerry, probably has the toughest job. And since he's been on, he's been trying to do damage control and put out all these different fires. This is one of the best news I've heard coming out of BlackBerry recently. They're going to try to push into healthcare. They got a a minority stake in a company called Nant Health in based out in California and it specializes in real-time cloud-based information services for doctors and patients. Now BlackBerry with their history and security and their QNX operating system that's used on like nuclear plants probably has a good chance of getting into this space because this is the one space that both Google and Apple haven't really uh, tried to to take over. They've already been in the educational spaces, so this is uh, gives BlackBerry a rare opportunity to get a first mover advantage in the healthcare space. And I, I wish them all the luck on that because we know they're not selling handsets like they used to. What's the prize this week, Andy? We're going to have a fabulous prize. If anybody out there has internet problems, maybe a dead spot or, or bad range coverage in your backyard, you're going to want to enter this. We're giving away a brand new Linksys EA6300 uh, router that's using the new AC standard. So you're going to have better throughput than you would have on the N standard. You have to go to our website to enter, www.getconnectedmedia.com. Just hit on the contest page to enter and win. You want to keep listening. We've got some uh, really important information to share with you today. We'll be talking with Jillian Shaw, the Digital Life Reporter over at Vancouver Sun, about Canada's new Digital Privacy Act and what you should be concerned about. Also, more about the Heartbleed bug, the latest update, and what you need to know to protect your information and your computers and smartphones. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network. We'll be back right after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Burrar, broadcasting live across the Chorus Radio Network right across the country. You can also listen to us live on our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and, of course, the cknw.com website uh, as well. want to talk about digital payments now. In the future, you might not need cash or even credit cards. Everything can be done through your smartphone. On the line right now, we've got uh, Jeppe Dorf. He's the... Uh, VP of Transaction Services over at Rogers, uh, talking about uh, their new uh, SureTap mobile payment app. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. So I want to understand what this app is all about. I'm, I'm kind of excited about this technology because I hate carrying a million 
credit cards, uh, debit cards, and all that in, in my wallet. Uh, and this is kind of getting one step further to making that a lot easier. Yeah, so uh, the objective of this app uh, initially here is to, A, get something in the hands of consumers that they can start experimenting with, but ultimately the vision of this app is to 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 make it be the app that ends all apps, right? So all the cards you have in your wallet today, whether it be loyalty cards, library cards, payment cards, uh, government ID, healthcare cards, etc., all these things should hopefully migrate onto the mobile device so that you really don't have to, to carry around that bulky wallet of yours, um, you know, Technology today is, if you look at payment cards, et cetera, is you can, I'm guessing you guys have tried it, but you can tap your card, your payment card, your credit cards, at, or interact cards uh, when you go shopping at Loblaws and Sobeys and those kind of, those kind of retailers. Uh, essentially what we're doing is we, uh, we make the phone beha- behave and act exactly the same way as your payment card will. Um, so that means you can put your interact cards, you can put your Visa cards, your MasterCards, your, your Amex cards, et cetera, on the mobile phone. Um, and 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 just just tap or swipe the phone at the point of sale, and and off you go. So, how does this particular app work, and what smartphones will it work on right now? So, um, so the app itself. Well, okay. So the app itself, you need a couple of things to make sure it works. You you touch on phones, right? So you need to have an NFC capable phone. Uh, those phones and and where we've what we've launched it with so far are devices like HTC, LG. Um, uh, the Samsung S4, S3, and obviously the S5, which we launched with on Friday, uh, but also the BlackBerry suite, uh, certainly the BB10 uh, or the Set10 initially uh, with Set30 and, and Q10 coming in the near future. Um, so most of the most of the devices that have been out in the past year uh, come with NFC capabilities. So those devices are important. So having one of those. Um, then you also need to have a, a SIM card. But as you, know, as you can imagine, putting your, your payment cards um, onto uh, onto a SIM card is uh, is not a, an, an easy feat, um, so it requires a lot of security. So you got to have the right SIM card. Uh, we call that the SureTap NFC SIM, um, and then you got to download the app itself. And once you have that, it's uh, activate wallet, download card, and off you go. So you can actually put credit cards and debit cards on this. Uh, well, so we launched a year and a half ago with uh, CIBC. Yep. Uh, so obviously today we have CIBC's uh, customers uh, using the CIBC payment app uh, to make payments. Uh, what we launched on uh, Friday with Samsung, uh, together with Samsung for the S5, was the SureTap wallet, which is kind of the notion of a of an open wallet uh, provided by the carrier who will help consolidate all these fragmented uh, payment cards so that the user has a single place to go uh, just pick the card they want to use for a payment. Uh, and if they want to get the more holistic experience that the bank can offer regarding a payment card uh, that you have, for example, with CIBC, you will go into the CIBC app itself. From what I understand, you can add gift cards to this as well? You can add gift cards as well. So we've uh, launched uh, with a series of partnerships with Indigo, the Care of Foods uh, brand, so Montana's, uh, Swiss Chalet, Milestones, uh, um, you know, and, and Kelsey's. Uh, but also some other brands like Ardeen and, and, and what have you. Uh, so we've, we've launched with a, with a variety of different retailers. And one of the key things is that you can actually add existing physical gift cards to your wallet, as well as you can purchase one in the wallet and gift it to one of your friends or multiple of your friends that you have on your contact list uh, on your phone. It's kind of cool. You know, I, 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 my wife has like one wallet, I, sh- I swear to God, that's just all gift cards. 
Yeah. <laughs> that she carries around all exactly. the time. Exactly. But... And, and, and you, you can imagine a world where, where you know, you, you're sitting at home and, and, and you realize after a busy work week that, that one of your old friends has, has birthday or whatever, and, and you, you kind of forgot to get around to, to thanking him or, 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 or rewarding him, if you will, or, or, or giving him kind of a recognition uh, for that birthday. And, and you can handle it right from your phone. People are obviously going to be concerned about security with something like this. You know, everything is on the phone now. Uh, what, do you, what are you guys doing there? Well, there's a, there's a lot of things. I touched a little bit around the security on putting payment cards on SIM cards. Now, what, what's really interesting, if you, if you take your, your credit card with a chip on it and you put it right next to a SIM card, you'll see that those chips are kind of look, look quite similar. It's because it's developed by the same type of companies, which really focus around one thing, which is security. Uh, so we have the highest level certifications from uh, uh, organizations, global organizations that focus on security. Those companies uh, and entities are only backed by Visa card, MasterCard, and Amex, and, and, and the likes of that. Uh, so, so we really abide by the highest level of security when it comes to making sure that the cards on the SIM are secure. Uh, obviously, we, we do all kinds of user things as well, so passcodes uh, that the user can set. They can also they can make those optional, right? So. So if you have a passcode on the front screen of your phone, perhaps you don't want to have a passcode on your app, but it's really up to the consumer to have it. Another little neat feature is that if you lose your phone um, and or get it stolen, whatever, you can make one phone call to Rogers uh, and we can actually lock or, or wipe uh, that phone so that you won't, uh, won't have any exposure on, uh, uh, on your cards. What if someone doesn't realize that they've lost their phone. Can someone who who finds it, uh, you know, make purchases on their credit card with the the SureTap app? Well, again, depending on whether you've set any sort of uh, of passcodes and and what have you on your app itself. But assume for a second, worst case scenario, you haven't. Uh, you know, like any other payment card today, uh, there are those limits around what you can tap with. So I believe the Mastercard today does up to a hundred dollars, and it's zero liability. So as long as you call and you actually have a stolen device, even if you forget to uh, um, to call the carrier or your bank for that matter, uh, quite frankly, uh, uh, the liability is zero for you and you just go through the regular channels that you will do with your bank in any case, similar to how, uh, how you do it today if you lose your wallet. So and there is absolutely no change to the security around what's on the phone versus what's in your wallet today, except there's actually more security on the phone with passcodes and other stuff. Now, one phone that you, you missed uh, mentioning that I think a lot of people are going to be wondering about is the iPhone. Is that because it doesn't use the NFC technology? So we, we actually, quite frankly, don't know what iPhone is going to do uh, as of yet. There are always rumors about iPhone, and we certainly hope that they're going to do NFC in the, in the near future. And we are looking at different types of, of ways that we can actually facilitate usage on the iPhone or kind of users that use the iPhone and make sure they can enjoy this experience. Um, what we are, uh, however, thinking more about right now is that this is so early days, right, with this kind of stuff, uh, with these kind of innovations. So, quite frankly, looking at these other great platforms that are out there, the Android, even the BB10 uh, platform, and, and, and in the near future, the, the, the Windows platform as well, it's kind of, you know, we, if we can make it work on that, we'll wait and see what Apple does. Uh, Apple, traditionally speaking, do what, uh, does what Apple does. Um, and and we'll, we'll take a good hard look at it when it gets there, but certainly we hope that they'll follow down the path of NFC. Well, it's kind of exciting what you guys are doing. You know, what do you see in five years' time with this type of technology? You know, in, in five years' time, I certainly hope, uh, sitting at Rogers, that a, a consumer, um, you know, can be walking down the street, have all their, all their loyalty cards, all their gift cards on their phone, all their payment cards on the phone, 
Um, and, and if you've opted in to receive offers uh, uh, or, or specific targeted offers relating to your, to your shopping behavior, things that you care about, I certainly hope that as you walk into a store, uh, that as you walk in, we'll inform you about what you can get in that store, where you can get it, uh, the discounts and rewards you can get. And, and with a single tab uh, at the checkout, you know, coupons are redeemed, deducted from your total bill, rewards are added onto your loyalty card, um, and payment is made. Uh, so so that as a consumer, you don't have to really think too much about it, right? Um, it, you know, we have busy lives nowadays, and, and being able to get simple things, small things such as a digital receipt on the way out of the store, um, you know, is a big deal. Uh, tracking your spending, uh, you know, uh, financial literacy is a big deal. Uh, it's something that, that increasingly as credit is, is becoming, uh, you know, more and more mature, the credit market, you know, uh, financial literacy is becoming more and more important. And hopefully these kind of apps can help educate consumers long term as well. Just don't lose your phone. Just don't lose your phone. <laughs> if you do, call your carrier. <laughs> uh, Jeppy, where can people find out more information about this? You can go to uh, rogers.com forward slash shortapp. Uh, that's our website where we have uh, kind of uh, all information around the app on it. You can also go to the Android store, the Google Play store. You can go to the BlackBerry app world um, and search for shortapp, and then you'll find it. You'll be able to read about it, download it, activate it, get started. Thanks, so, mu Thanks so much for joining us, and good luck. Thank you so much. That was Jeppe Dorf. He's a VP of Transaction Services at Rogers. We've got an exciting show here. Lots of really uh, great information you want to stay tuned for. We're going to be talking uh, about uh, Canada's new Digital Privacy Act. You'll want to hear uh, a lot about that. We've got Jillian Shaw coming on the line. Uh, she's uh, from the Vancouver Sun. Uh, we also will be talking about the latest developments on the Heartbleed bug. Uh, you'll want to make sure you listen to that as well to make sure that all your devices are secure and not uh, bleeding off passwords or usernames. <laughs> What's the contest, Andy? We've got an excellent contest. We're going to be giving away a brand new Linksys router. This is using that new AC standard that uh, we've been moving to. So you have to go to our website, getconnectedmedia.com, and hit on the contest page to enter and win. Great prize. That's a, an awesome router. Yes. Um, it's the one thing that we always get um, calls about is yeah. having bad Wi-Fi signals in the home. So having a good router is going to help improve your Wi-Fi. This thing's a monster. It's awesome. Yeah. When we come back, the new Canada Digital Privacy Act. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Barrar. We're uh, talking privacy now. On the line, Jillian Shaw. She's the Digital Life reporter at Vancouver at the Vancouver Sun, one of the smartest people I know. Thanks for coming on the line, Jillian. <laughs> what an introduction. Thank you. Yeah, no pressure. Um, no pressure at all. I, uh, I enjoyed your article, uh, very informative, uh, about Canada's Digital Privacy Act uh, and, I guess, the, uh, the changes to it. What should, uh, maybe step back, what, what is this act basically saying? Well, this is an act that amends Canada's privacy legislation. And I have to say, for, for people in British Columbia, we have our own privacy legislation, but the, um, can, the Canadian legislation out of Ottawa, it's, it's pretty much in lockstep with ours. So the, uh, what this is amendments to the privacy legislation. And it, a couple of things, it does one thing that's very good, particularly in the wake of this Heartbleed crisis, the security flaw that has us all worried that our passwords have been compromised and, and we're going to have our identity stolen. Well, there's, up until now, uh, companies don't have to tell you if they have a security breach. 
And one of the amendments in the that is contained in the Digital Privacy Act um, makes it mandatory for companies to report privacy breaches like that. So in the case of Heartbleed, now when we're sort of guessing that our did our information, you know, was was it compromised, except for Revenue Canada, which of course came out you know, was very proactive in people telling people that it was affected by Heartbleed. Um, but for the rest, it's a bit of a guessing game. So now this new legislation, if it's passed, will mean companies have to tell you if your privacy has been compromised, which is a good thing. Um, it goes even further, though, and privacy experts are warning that um, some other provisions in the Act might leave us open in Canada to the so-called copyright trolls. And those are companies that um, find out people who are downloading either, you know, watching movies or watching TV shows, doing illegal downloading, um, and then they send them letters saying, you, you've been, you know, we've caught you breaching copyright and you better pay us thousands of dollars or we're going to take you to court. It's kind of scary. You know, we talked about this on last week's uh, radio show. Uh, we had that company on. Caniper. Yeah, that basically helps. Exactly. Yeah, these, yeah. Uh, these companies find uh uh, the IP addresses of uh, people illegally downloading stuff. Uh, but that's kind of a, a scary thing. You know, uh, here in Canada, um, we haven't really seen any major um, legal challenges to that effect now. But uh, you're saying with these changes uh, to the Act, uh, we could see more of that? Well, it's interesting because Canapre was involved in the, uh, a case. It's a voltage case in Canada's uh, in federal court. And that was around that very issue of... So suppose your your internet service provider, say it's Telus or Shaw, um, knows that you were illegally watching a downloaded version of Game of Thrones, not a legal version, and they have that link to an IP address. So the way it is now, the the copyright holder, the Game of Thrones, they can't go to you and say, okay, Mike or Andy, we know that you were watching that illegally, so pay up. But they can go to the they can go to the Internet service provider and say, we know this person at this ISP number has been doing this illegally. And you might even get a letter from your ISP to say that, to say, we've caught you doing this. But up until now, they, the, your ISP wouldn't be bound, wouldn't have to give your name over to this company, um, to the company looking, you know, looking to enforce their copyright, which looking quite justly to enforce their copyright. Um, or there was more protection. Now, under the Voltage case, the court said, okay, uh, the, you have to, it was tech savvy in this case, tech savvy, the internet service provider, has to, will have to hand over names and addresses of customers, um, but only under very limited circumstances and only under the direction of the court. So it, they couldn't, the company then can't just get a whole bunch of names and addresses and send out kind of a blanket email saying, you've done us wrong, now pay up. And, and that's basically what we're seeing in the U.S., isn't it, Jillian? That's happened in the U.S., and now Industry Canada says that's not going to happen in Canada, and they use the example of, you know, they say that, well, if, say, the Law Society is investigating someone, a, a lawyer for um, misconduct, they want to be able to get information without the lawyer knowing that their files have been, you know, that the information is being sought. Um, but it also it could apply in all kinds of cases. It could apply in defamation cases. It could cover some pretty broad, broad ground. And privacy advocates um, like Michael Geist 
who holds the Canada Research Chair in Internet and E-Commerce Law at the University of Ottawa, are warning that the effects of the legislation are so far-reaching they could have these unintended consequences. But I don't think the general population fully understands it, do they? No, no. I think um, I think people are going to find out when they start, and I'm losing my voice, sorry. No um, they're going to find out when they start getting letters. And and you think that time is coming? Well, it's you know, it remains to be seen. This legislation has just been introduced in Ottawa. Um, so whether it is passed and whether it's passed in its current form, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see. I find it interesting. Um, how will the internet service providers react to this? Like, if you know this tie changes and these uh, you know uh, content providers can actually enforce their copyright and start sending out letters and and what have you. Like, the internet service providers have been making a lot of money on you know higher tier uh, service plans to their customers, uh, so that you know their customers can download more data. And I'm telling you, most of that data that you know these ones that are are getting these higher level service plans are probably from illegally downloaded files. Well, that's an interesting that's an interesting thought and you know I have to say I mean I think it's you know the music industry showed that they once you know the the copyright holders have to wrap their heads around how to provide a service and how to monetize that service um and that's happening in a lot of ways. Like at one time people wouldn't pay nobody would pay for music. Well, now a lot of people are paying for music. Um, a lot of people are paying for for movies or TV shows. Like, a, you know, a lot of us have Netflix or or pay-per-view or do other, you know, a pay, for, pay for online content in other ways. So I, I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to be an end to it. I, I think that people will continue. I mean, look at the increasing number of people who, say, have Netflix accounts or, you know, other, or uh, an audio account for music. So, Companies are finding ways, and copyright holders are finding ways to get people to pay for it, um, and and I think that's a trend that's going to continue. So, if I can uh, encapsulate this in a little bubble here, uh, basically, Jillian Shaw, you're saying stop illegal downloading now because they're coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'd never recommend illegal downloading at any time. So that's, uh, but I think. You can be reasonably sure somebody could be uh, somebody could link your illegal downloading to your name um, pretty quickly. It's Jillian Shaw on the line. She's the digital life reporter over at the Vancouver Sun. Where can people find out more uh, about you? I'm at the uh, VancouverSun.com um, backslash digital life. That's where my blog is, and you can find me anywhere on the Vancouver Sun site. Thanks for uh, joining us once again. Thanks for having me. That was Jillian Shaw. We're going to have to take another break. When we come back, more about the heartbleed bug. Are you protected? You'll need to listen to it. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by London Drugs, here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected. Mike Agarbo here with Andy Brar. Now, the latest on the heartbleed bug. We've got Dominic Vogel. He's a senior associate over uh, at Grant Thornton LLP, the Business Risk Services. Thanks for joining us today, Dominic. Oh, thank you for having me on. So, you know, we've been getting a lot of uh, emails, uh, calls about the heart bleed bug, obviously in the news in a big way. The CRA, uh, you know, shut their website down for a while because uh, they were compromised. Is is it still an issue out there? Oh, uh, yeah, very much so. I think uh, a lot of what was sort of lost in the uh, sensationalism from mainstream media was that a lot of it was overblown, but it is still important. And it's, what's important is that people trying to sort of maybe ratchet down the uh, sky is falling mentality but still realize that there's still some uh, 
stuff that they need to be aware of. It's interesting. You know, I, I've been reading a lot about it. You know, one uh, source here, The Guardian, says that uh, 95% of the detection tools out there are actually flawed and not really picking picking it up. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. And and the, the the thinking behind that is, and the research actually is really good, it sort of lends itself to the knee-jerk reaction, uh, which people are, are sort of going towards with, the, with with Heartbleed, rather than, you know, sort of taking a step back and actually coming up with an actionable game plan it's just more of the knee-jerk okay let's patch it and let's let's just let's just fix it rather than sort of taking a larger macro level uh, analysis of it and that's why you're seeing some of these quickly made detection tools um sort of being very flawed because they were made very very quick and they're only looking for very specific configurations well you know from you know the feedback from our listeners i know a lot of them are still really <laughs> freaked out uh sh- how, you know what are some of the steps that they should be taking right now uh, well, I mean, from a from a consumer or from a from a business perspective. Uh, I, I guess both, really. Both. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well from the from the consumer perspective, uh, people should still be uh, very vigilant. Uh, a, you know, make sure they keep uh, checking their accounts on a more frequent basis. Uh, in terms of resetting their passwords for these different websites, they shouldn't just go to these websites really, really quick and just reset it. Uh, the thinking behind that is they should be waiting to hear back from the companies that yes. The system's been patched. Now it's okay to uh, update your password. Uh, from sort of the business perspective, uh, if, they have, you know, if companies have their internal IT staff, what they need to do, again, is sort of take a step back, assess their systems, determine which ones are vulnerable, of the ones that are vulnerable, which ones are most critical, and then sort of take a more of a risk-based approach to that and uh, start rolling out the, the fixes there. And that's you know the you know the hard thing for businesses. Obviously, as a, a business manager or owner, um, you know you want to make sure you're protecting your business uh, information security. But you know you're also it's super important that you're protecting your your customer information as well. Oh, absolutely. And and, and what we're seeing um, now is that security sort of is coming to the forefront, especially at the executive level. Before uh, it, it was very much more of an operational issue. Now security is becoming very much more of a uh, business differentiator in which you know, if companies aren't doing a good enough job protecting their customer information, they're, they're at a risk of you know, reputation hit, losing their customers. I mean, look what happened with Target. Um, there was definitely a reputational hit there. So it's becoming more and more important, especially at a boardroom uh, level. It was interesting with uh, the CRA, the Canada Revenue Agency. Uh, they almost immediately, when they learned about this, they shut their whole website down and and announced it as well. Did they do it right? Uh, I mean, from a from a public uh, facing perspective, in terms of the open communication, I have to give uh, them credit, uh, especially with uh, a lot of breaches. What you, what you see nowadays is either the they're very very transparent, or they're very very tight lipped sort of taking that transparent uh, approach, saying this is, this is what we know, this is what we're going to do, uh, that lends itself better to uh, the reputation of that company. I think the CRA does come out looking much, much uh, better than if they had not really said anything and this thing sort of leaked out. Uh, from a public relations perspective, it's always better to, to be as transparent as possible with your clients. It's kind of difficult, you know, with these types of security uh, uh, issues, you know, just by basically announcing the heart uh, bleed bug kind of uh, opened the eyes of probably like thousands of other hackers out there to the vulnerability. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a little bit of, 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 of both there. I, um, sort of the uh, saving grace with, with heart bleed uh, is that, 
it's sort of a, a mixed bag in which um, it's not a guaranteed thing. If you just go to a, go to that site, which you know is vulnerable, that you'll be able to extract passwords and uh, SSL keys. Uh, it's it's very much up for grabs in which from a lot of sites, any of that information that you try and grab is just going to be garbled. Uh, I was reading this uh, interesting article that basically said that cyber criminals really aren't actually interested in Heartbleed because from a economic perspective, it's going to require too much effort for them to get anything of great value from it. Heartbleed, you're going to be uh, mostly be seeing being exploited from like a national perspective or from like a cyber espionage perspective in which you have larger resources uh, at hand there. Well, Dominic, I want to thank you so much for joining us uh, to give us an update this week. Thank you so much, guys. Really appreciate it. That was Dominic Vogel. He's a senior associate, business risk services over at Grant Thornton LLP. When we come back, app of the week with our app girl, Christina Stoyanova. You're listening to Get Connected, brought to you by Leonard Drugs here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with Get Connected, Mike Agarbo and Andy Barrar. It's that time, app of the week. We've got Christina Stoyanova in studio. Hey, Christina. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Good. What uh, app do we have this week? Uh, we have Gravity Screen for Android today. Gravity Screen. Yes. It's really cool. So some of these newer phones are coming up with some functionality where um, your phone will actually detect um, if you put it down on a table and it'll automatically turn your screen off so so it conserves battery. Um, so they've actually created an app. So if your phone doesn't already do this, you can install this app and it'll do it for you. So it has things, like I said, a table sensor. So if you put your phone down, it'll shut the screen off to conserve your battery. Uh, pocket sensor, so it recognizes when it's been covered or it's upside down or whatever. Um, and it'll turn the screen off so that you're not, you know, butt-dialing people as you've been known to do. Oh, my gosh, yes. That is uh, a horrendous problem. Yes, it is. I don't know what's wrong with my butt, but I, I do a lot of, I call it pocket dialing, but... Yes. Yes. But it's funnier when you say butt dialing. Yes, yeah, I get it. That's right. So, um, so basically, this helps conserve battery life and prevents random calls. Coming. That's right. So it uses the gravity sensor in your phone, and it also uses a proximity sensor. So um, obviously, if it's covered, it's in a pocket or in a purse or whatever. So uh, it's good stuff. Free. How much? Um, it's free, and then there's some in-app purchases if you want some extra fancy features or whatever. But you know what? I think uh, the standard features are pretty cool as it is. And this works pretty well with most uh, Android phones out there. Yeah, and it's great just because some of them have buttons that are in hard-to-reach places or whatever. So Very cool. Available uh, Google Play Store? Yep, of course. Look, at I'm pretty smart. Yeah. That was Christina Stoyanova with uh, App of the Week. Uh, Andy, uh, let's uh, chat uh, quickly about the contest one more time. We are giving away the Linksys AC router. This is their uh, EA6300. It's got three antennas on it that will help extend the range in your house. So if you have Wi-Fi problems in your home and or you get dead signals or even drop signals, 
and you haven't upgraded your router in the last couple of years, you definitely want to enter this contest. Go to our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com, and hit on the contest page to enter and win. You can also check out some other contests that are still open, and you can enter all of them while you're at our website, www.getconnectedmedia.com. Also, next week, Mike, we're going to actually do a segment on building a connected home, and we did this at your house. Step one, if you're going to start getting a connected home, you want to make sure you have a good uh, router, Wi-Fi signal. And Mike and I are going to show you how that to put all that together to make sure that you have a, a strong signal before you start adding additional devices to your home. Because I think at your house, Mike, I checked, you had like 20 or 30 devices connected to the Internet at any one time. It was, it was pretty amazing. I know. I got too much stuff. You have a lot of digital devices. It's amazing that it uh, all works. Uh, unfortunately, I'm the IT uh, support person as well, so I'm getting calls many times. Yeah, so am I, getting calls from your house. <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have left for Get Connected. I want to thank you so much for uh, listening in. Of course, you can always get more info, video, and uh, our radio podcasts at getconnectedmedia.com. Mike and Andy logging off. We'll see you again next week. <laughs>